but by Fox Sports money, I have no money because my budget's zero. I do this. <laughs> I do this for the love of the game, for the love of the pod, man. Wow, that's beautiful. That's really uh, how, how how magnanimous of you. Uh, a Spike Lee joint for the love of the pod, starring me, the first Asian American in a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> Is that true? I, you know what? <laughs> if it was, even I wouldn't watch that. That's how bad that premise is. I take that back. Don't don't follow me on that. But let's get into it because this is a major episode because we had a major event, man. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 37. Like you and I joked many times how bad WWE has gotten. There's love, there's hate, there's bad storylines. But at the end of the day, WrestleMania is still WrestleMania. And one of my favorite people I follow, Clay Travis, of Fox Sports Radio, outkick the coverage was at WrestleMania with his wife, two nights in Tampa, and even he, who's not the biggest WWE fan, uh, enjoyed it, loved the live spectacle, loved that the live crowds are back. Tampa, because Florida does not give a shit about Corona. Florida could care <laughs> less about Corona. Florida with giant crocodiles and meth heads at every corner don't care about Corona. They mm-hmm. brought the live crowd back. But at a cost, if WrestleMania was delayed by 30 minutes due to inclement weather because they forgot, oh, yeah, <laughs> there's things called weather outdoors and that can affect us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have often thought, uh, you know, how much do those big, you know, coverings at these outdoor WrestleManias actually do? You know, the first one that I remember uh, as a kid was WrestleMania 24. Uh, and that was the first time I remember seeing like a big stadium WrestleMania where they did have to plan for rain and they have those big, you know, pillars and a lighting arrangement and a roof over above the ring. And I, I you know, we've never seen, at least to my, you know, recollection, a, a rainy outdoor WrestleMania. So I've always wondered how effective that covering actually would be. And I guess the answer was only a little bit. I mean, you know, it kept the ring dry, but it didn't stop you know, the show from going on 30 minutes late, you know, but you know, uh, I, I didn't mind too terribly much. I mean, 30 minutes for a rain delay is pretty reasonable. And, you know, night one was excellent. It kicked off in a great way and, uh, you know, made up for any delay that we had to, you know, bear through. Night one was by far better than night two. And let's dive right into that. So 30 minute rain delay. Really weird impromptu promos we didn't need in backstage mm-hmm. to fill in time. Yep. Jump straight into the W. What is your thought on a WWE championship match being the opener of WrestleMania? Like it, it, it's been, it's, it, this has been kind of the norm for, I guess, the past couple of years now where the heavyweight championship is no longer the main event by default. Mm-hmm. It's just That's another match on the card. You know, uh, if if they stay with this two night format and I, and I hope they do i mean i find two three and a half to four hour shows way more palatable than one seven and a half hour show if they stick with this two night format uh i don't mind the wwe championship being in the opening match i think it's a really great way to start off with a super hot crowd i mean it worked at WrestleMania 35 with Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. And I think since then people have realized, you know, the opening match in a lot of ways, you know, is the most important or second most important match on the show. You got to capture that energy. And 
I mean, just look at night one versus night two. You can see exactly how, you know, how big a good tone setter can be. I mean, you had a great tone setter on night one with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and a not so great tone setter with the weird fiend Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton match, which was mercifully short, except for the entrances, which were very long. Um, You know, in a microcosm, that's, you know, that's the advantage of having a big championship match right at the beginning. And my secondary point is we have two Royal Rumbles every year now. And I am a firm believer that, you know, winner of the Royal Rumble is the main event of WrestleMania. You know, you guarantee yourself that much storytelling every single year. So, and that's what we had this year. We had Edge, you know, this year's Royal Rumble, men's Royal Rumble winner and the main event of night two and Bianca Belair on night one. So I think that that format works really well, in my opinion. And I I have no problem with them continuing that. So opening match, Bobby Lashley in the almighty era versus Drew McIntyre, who earned his spot after Fastlane. Uh, I thought it was, like you said, it was was a, it's a good coming out the gate match. It was a very physical matchup. These guys have been toe to toe in in individual matches going all the way back to TNA. Very good chemistry with one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, were you, were you shocked that the almighty era continues in a clean fashion? You know, I was a little surprised. I felt that, you know, WWE was going to want to give, you know, that big moment to in front of the crowd to a lot of people who didn't get that chance last year. You know, Drew won his championship at Mania last year with no crowd. I thought they would give him that big championship win uh, this year in front of the crowd that he didn't get last year. That being said, though, I think what they've done with Bobby Lashley over the last few months has been excellent. I mean, the work with the hurt, you know, hurt business other than, you know, them breaking up, which I think is unfortunate, uh, I think has been really strong and has made him, you know, into one of their, you know, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are probably their two most legit champions of the last few years, in my opinion. And, and they've been built up to really feel legit. And they do like, WWE is finally taking those steps to make new stars. And, you know, it's unfortunate with these two guys that it didn't happen earlier in their careers, you know, with during their first runs, you know, in in WWE, but it took them leaving for a little bit to really get a, get a hold of themselves as a character and in the ring. And they've come back and even at the beginning of their run, their returns, I think both of them were booked pretty weekly, but right now, you know, I don't think there are two more legit, you know, world championship caliber stars in WWE and the match really delivered. And I have no problem with Bobby Lashley winning uh, at all. I think he is a total star and, you know, they're going to have a huge heel on their hands for a while on both shows, which is a, you know, has been a problem for them. What I, what I like is they both had parallel different sides of the track storylines. You had, you know, Drew McIntyre saying it took him 17 years to get to the top of the mountain. Bobby Lashley, 16 years to get to the top of the mountain. You know, if you disregard the whole ECW phase back in 2009. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really like the magic again, that you could feel the, the, the chemistry, the personal camaraderie of the ring. You could see just that they gel really well physicality-wise. I mean, they're, they're literally stacked match to match, like toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye, and it's like a perfect lineup there. 
Um, Absolutely. I, I think a lot of people are going to pick other matches from this night or this weekend as their favorite match. But this, I think this was my personal favorite with this opening match of, of the whole weekend. I'll tell you I, what I, they won't I, pick is the tag team turmoil. That match, <laughs> unless you are like an old skis ball pervert who just wants to see a bunch of women running around, this match was like, to put it uh, the way The Rock used to quote a promo against the big show, it was the, oh, I got to go take a dump match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the piss break match for sure. Um, and it's and that, unfor- is not, that is not us being sexist. I mean, this is just, it was just not a great, this was a card filler. This is what's known as like just something to put in there for time, for entertainment, mm-hmm. to put possibly future stars on the card to see their, their performance and so on. I mean, there's, there's some legit good competitors. Like I love, uh, uh, Natalia, I think she's a she's a very underutilized performer. Naomi's a great performer as well. But to be thrown into a five way tag team turmoil, it was just like it was just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's not a huge surprise. I mean, the whole sort of women's tag title tag division has been a bit of a mess from a booking standpoint for it's a been long so time. So watered down so badly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it's really too bad. You know, I, I feel like they they had something here in this match that I think they failed to capitalize on, which was the story of, you know, Liv Morgan and, and Ruby Riot in this match. I think they really they carried most of this match. I think they had the most ring time in there, the most eliminations, ultimately losing at the end. Uh, but, you know, if, if you've been following WWE programming, I think they have a, a pretty cool story there. You know, they debuted as part of the riot squad a few years ago with uh sarah logan i guess it was and then that unit broke up Liv morgan and ruby riot spent some time apart feuded for a little bit now they're back as like this you know revitalized team uh and and they're sort of faces and you know of the teams in this match they're the ones who feel the most like a unit like you know they've been doing this for a while and they're sort of the tag team specialists of this match in a way. Um, and unfortunately, I, you know, I, I think they, you know, failed to realize what they had on their hands. And that would have been, a, you know, I think a feel good moment, at least getting them that number one contendership match. And, you know, if they lose on night two, you know, there's no shame in that. And you can continue this, this feud going forward with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. But I don't think that's, you know, that's off the, that's off the table now, most likely. Or at least, you know, if you do it now, you wasted your best opportunity. Anything else is just going to be second best or worse, you know. So I wish they had gotten the win there. Um, I thought their their work in this match and, you know, most of the work was fine. But I don't know. You're right. It was a filler match and probably had the least going for it, you know, in terms of heat with the crowd. But Joe, I'll make this one comment on that and we'll move on. But like, I think you you, you said it right, like. You had Ruby Wright in there and, and, and Liv Morgan who are performing-wise at the top of their game right now compared to everyone else in that match there. But mm-hmm. it's just it's a shame that they haven't been made marketable to be able to hold those titles to profit the company and the image of that division. It, it, it just sucks. Now, yeah. saying that transitions me into the next match, Cesaro, who's getting kind of like a third rebirth in a way like Cesaro's mm-hmm. always been known as a good performer a solid performer top notch but he's had injury issues over the years 
and they're finally kind of giving him a chance in a in a not a major storyline. It was very hodgepodge in the past like couple of weeks, but if you could put someone in a dream match to prove to top your ability to make you look good and go out like in a in a blaze of glory, I mean Seth freaking Rollins. I mean this match mm-hmm. was probably. I mean, arguably the best match of the night if you if, next to the women's match, the championship match. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely excellent match. And, I, you know, it's hard to live up to super high expectations like that, but I think they did it. You know, um, everyone knows Cesaro is one of the best in-ring guys in this company and has been, you know, since he got here, more or less. Uh, and he hasn't been given that big, you know, singles opportunity, you know, he's been a singles wrestler at different times in his career, uh, but has never gotten sort of past the mid card or maybe a mid card title feud here and there. Um, uh, And he's had several good, really good runs as a a tag team champion, but I think everybody has known that he's capable of more and they finally put him in that spot and he delivered and uh, having Seth in there only helped because Seth, you know, I, I would say more than anybody, Seth is, maybe the best sort of big match performer in the company, you know, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, any of the huge shows, you know, Seth is going to deliver one of the better matches, if not the best match of the night. And, you know, and these guys have also been wrestling each other for a really long time. They have that chemistry and that familiarity. Uh, It's no surprise. They delivered a great match. Um, It's surprising. They, lived up to the expectations in such a big way you know i mean there was counters reversals new moves uh mm-hmm. rollins with that flipping spinning frog splash i yep. mean the the counter at the end hitting uh cesaro's move and then just mm-hmm. the, the two times he did the swing with mm-hmm. the second one being 23 i think was the record and then he did the one move that was new where and I thought it was going to be like a torture rack and he had a spinning Seth. The UFO. His, That's what they yeah, call Without that. any hands, just balancing Seth on his like shoulder blades. I was just like, what the hell is going on? And mm-hmm. how, how Seth MacFarlane didn't like Seth, Seth Rollins <laughs> didn't like throw up in the ring is beyond me. Like I would yeah. be like pre-match or pre-discussion. And Cesaro's like, hey, I want to do three giant spin moves on you. I'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely excellent match. You know, I feel great for Cesaro. And, you know, he's really poised to move into, you know, a number one contender feud or a championship feud with Roman Reigns on SmackDown now. You know, they've been needing to build up more challengers for Roman on that show. And it seems like Cesaro is maybe going to be the first guy um, or Big E, given what happened on night two. Either one of those are perfectly plausible now as challengers. Uh, and that's what SmackDown's been needing. Yeah, I would love uh, to see sure. a singles belt around Cesaro, Cesaro's waist. I mean, I, I would think if they don't do the Roman thing, I feel like if they did Roman versus Cesaro, it would just burn his momentum right now. I feel like I could see him going after Apollo, taking the belt off Apollo, because we'll get to that in a second, how much I <laughs> despise that whole thing. Next matchup, <laughs> uh, New Day loses to AJ Styles and uh, is it almost Amos? Almost. Almost the giant, almost Ooh, one yeah. of the giants. We'll talk about the other one in a second, but yeah, dear yeah. Lord, this match was everything that you thought it was going to be. It was, you know, AJ and, and the flips and, and new day with the kicks and all this stuff. I don't know why I'm Jewish all of a sudden up with the kicks and, the kicks and, the glaven. <laughs> and then the hot tag, the hot tag to the hot heel, mm-hmm. which is uncommon, but it was 
kind of seen like, I mean, you could see this a mile away of like, oh, once Amos is in there, he's just going to destroy everybody. Yeah, you got that sense. And I mean, uh, I think they, they, they did a really good job, at least in the body of this match, like building up to him finally getting in the ring. I mean, you know, this was like a 10 or 12 minute match and he didn't get in till minute 10 or 11. So, uh, you know, I think by the end, the crowd really did want to see what he could do. Uh, but I don't think that was the case in the build to this match. I think a lot of people sort of rolled their eyes a little bit. You know, when you go with this route of pairing a guy like AJ Styles with a, a heater or an enforcer, uh, you know, you're expecting that to, you know, help propel his rise in the singles rank and, you know, you'll have a reliable, you know, singles star heel. Uh, when you see these situations where it's the singles guy and their enforcer and now they're in a tag team, uh, when the enforcer hasn't been presented as a wrestler, just as sort of an influencer, uh, you know, you really don't know what to expect. And I think at this point, a lot of people sort of roll their eyes at the suggestion of it. But, you know, they did a good job building up that anticipation. I thought, you know, almost uh, looked better than I expected him to. But, you know, he also didn't do too much. I think, you know, New Day just mostly like bumped their asses off for him and made him look like a million bucks. And, you know, now we've got this sort of new monster character. I don't know, you know, what the future looks like there. You know, they'll probably hold these tag belts for a little while, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, not, you know, definitely didn't steal the show or anything like that. Probably one of the you know, weaker matches on this card overall, but you know, nothing, nothing too, you know, terrible or anything. And it, it's at least intriguing to see uh, another true seven footer in the WWE. Speaking of seven footer and the opposite of intriguing and just as terrible, the next matchup, the match, no one really gave a shit about and And just this hodgepodge thrown together. Hey, let's squeeze in Shane McMahon again in another why is it like it's, it's bothersome to me that Shane is really drinking this well dry of Shane McMahon himself, right? Like, I think four or five years ago, whenever he re-debuted, it was the biggest thing that people were freaking out about. And then when he went up against Undertaker and then went up against Miz a couple of years ago and then turned heel afterwards, like those were big storylines that sort of made this was just like. Hey, what's Shane doing? Nothing? Hey, he wants to be in WrestleMania? Cool. Let, hey, you know what? We forgot to book Braun in something. Let's just throw Braun in there. Yeah, this this match definitely was thrown together sort of in the last couple weeks. Uh, not a lot of, like, storytelling momentum going into it, I would say. Uh, for some reason, like, I don't know. They seem to insist on, you know, making Braun this character full of contradictions. Like, he was a heel for most of this year. It would have made sense given how Shane was booked and how Braun was booked prior to this feud for Shane to be the face and Braun to be the heel. Right. But uh, that was not the case. For some reason at WrestleMania, they love to make Braun this sort of like champion for the kids out there. Like he won, you know, a few years ago with like that, you know, third grader Nicholas, the Raw Tag Team Championships, oh, uh, which was crazy. Um, and now they have him doing this weird, you know, feud where he's, I guess, standing up for anybody who's been bullied, which totally noble, but you know, he who's was going to believe that Braun Strowman is getting bullied. Yeah. Who's yeah. going to believe that? Yeah. The, uh, he's, you know, everything else we know about him says 
he's this incredible, incredible monster who does inhuman feats of strength and wreaks, you know, untold amounts of destruction across anything in his path, in his path, you know? Uh, So it just rings hollow for him to, you know, get there to WrestleMania and have these big, like champion of the little guy moments when the rest of the year he's like flipping over ambulances and throwing people, you know, through light sets and things like that. It, it feels crazy to me. It's uh, a flip. Like this is, it's exactly the Shane O'Mac match. We've seen time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't belong in the ring, but he, he's going to take these insane bumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the flip on the top of the cage in the match before the power slam. Uh, yeah. LeBron yanked him through the cage when he broke through it. Uh, the bumps outside the ring. Like it's just, it's just everything that you could do. And, crazy enough it just it wasn't shocking (laughs) which is like Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah you hit the notes cool we're done we're good yeah you know um somebody pointed out that on night one of wrestlemania and i think this helped the night in in a major way overall was that the longest match was just over 18 minutes i think uh which is a really really good pace for a long show like this and a show where you know, you know, the energy is going to be there, you know, no matter what, keeping that pace high helps a lot. And I think, you know, if this match on another mania, this, this is a match that could have gone 25 or 27 minutes at at another year at WrestleMania, and it just would have been insufferable. But I found this, you know, at the pace that it was to be pretty good, uh, you know, overall better, certainly better than I was expecting. And, uh, you know, you're right. Shane hits his first few big moves. Uh, but, you know, I still love to see a Van Terminator and I still love to see a guy fall off the ring. And I've never seen a guy fully rip the wall off the steel cage before, you know, and, and drag somebody back in who was just about to escape. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. But uh, yes, uh, I agree. You know, still, again, not the strongest thing on this show, but the pace helped it. And, uh, you know, the moments did work on me a little bit, you know, uh, I don't like Shane's heel character, but I'm still a sucker for a, you know, a big tall bump at WrestleMania. Uh, speaking of what did work for me, the match that I cringe for about two months since the end of Royal Rumble 2021 and the rumor of Bad Bunny being in a ring I I will say it for the record, this was the most surprising and probably most fulfilling thing to see. I've seen not only the match when I was watching it live, thanks to your Peacock subscription, which I, I threw some money at you to be like, hey, <laughs> subscribe to this so I don't have another subscription on my bank account. I appreciate um, it. But 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 I man was this satisfying to watch, and man, it was good because. You can, and Damien Priest said it the next night that the reason that he looks so good is because he put his ass in the ring every day, trained. He took, and you can fucking tell Bad yeah. Bunny was a huge fan of WWE and he did the best that he could. And let's give credit to the Miz and Morrison for bump taking bumps like champ. You said, you know, like the New Day takes bumps and makes almost look like a million bucks. I mean, Canadian Destroyer on, on Morrison, the flipped it outside the ring from the top rope. I mean, Bunny was doing everything in his ability uh, and, you know, far better expectations for a celebrity match I've ever seen. 
Yes. I mean, expectations for celebrity matches are usually pretty low. So uh, it's not a particularly high bar to clear for a celebrity in a wrestling match. However, when a, a celebrity does more than clear it, and in fact, you know, goes above and beyond, uh, there are a few things more effective to a crowd and a live crowd than, you know, a celebrity doing stuff like that in a ring. It's, it's incredibly entertaining to watch and it you know it endears you to that celebrity in a huge way you know when as a fan of this you know as a fan of wrestling which you know doesn't always get a ton of mainstream respect and you know often doesn't deserve a ton of mainstream respect when it has these mainstream crossovers and it goes this well it's it's incredibly satisfying as a fan i think it's incredibly satisfying for the people in the business to be shown the respect and that level of effort that bad bunny showed, you know, you know, that, great, ma- great match, great moment. You know, I think one of the things people will remember the most from night one. was, I mean, just again, like, I think for me, I also, I underappreciated Damian priest over the past couple of months because I, I, I watched mm-hmm. him a little bit in NXT when he feuded with like, you know, uh, Vel- Velveteen dream. Uh, and he was taking on like, um, uh, um, Keith Lee before Keith jumped to Raw, which where's Keith? Is he is he rehabbing? He's injured, right? That's right. I do think he got injured recently. Okay. Yeah. So, so I know Damien has definitely been really good spots in NXT, and they mm-hmm. kind of didn't know what to do with him when he debuted on the main roster. But to put him with Bad Bunny, uh, great pairing. With, yeah, I mean, with their background similarities, and just again, like just that natural flow with each other that that made sense like if mm-hmm. all the things at wrestlemania this oddly enough made a ton and the feud lasted two and a half months thanks to the miz and morrison for just being the miz and morrison yeah absolutely uh and i'll admit to you know sort of uh underrating damian priest even before uh you know his time in nxt in roh when he was punishment martinez and i heard that he was coming to nxt i it wasn't one that really, you know, tipped the scales for me too much in terms of their, you know, independent signings. Uh, but it's great to be pleasantly surprised. And, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised every single time uh, I've seen him on, you know, WWE TV and he's only been getting better. And, you know, circling back to what I said about Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and how, you know, it feels like they've created two legit new stars for the first time in a long time. Uh, I think punishment Martina or excuse me, Damien Priest is, <laughs> you know, you can't let yeah. it go. You can't let it go. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's on a, a, he's on a really hot track too. you know, to start your career in WWE with this huge celebrity match. That is a, you know, smashing success. Uh, I think bodes really well for him in the future. And uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. I I'm really hoping WWE is starting to regain that ability to create stars again and create new stars because they, they've needed that for a long time. Creating stars. Also, let's go into the the main event match, the much-deserved main event match, the winner of night one's uh, WWE uh, Royal Rumble Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Uh, what... I'll say this, every time I've seen Bianca Belair, she is a surprise in a box. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's excellent. Uh, yeah, and uh, you're right. She's capable of, you know, 
every you know and and the fact is i mean she only started wrestling four or five years ago when she signed with the performance center you know as far as i mean certainly as far as wrestlemania main eventers go she is very green and very new to the business so you know on one hand i guess you don't expect to see somebody that new you know reliably surprise you and uh break out new moves that looks like they've been doing for a long time and just you know constantly looking so smooth and you know she's it helps that she's one of the best athletes, you know, male or female in the entire WWE. Uh, but, you know, you can tell that, you know, she's a she's a rising star and, you know, she's going to be a mainstay in this women's division. And it, it, it's great to see because, you know, this the era of the four horsewomen, you know, Charlotte, uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey and Becky Lynch has been excellent. Uh, but, you know, you always got to keep your eye on the future a little bit and having her on SmackDown and, her, and Rhea Ripley on Raw just really bodes well for the future that this women's division and and, and, and they really yeah. needed it. This women's division, like, again, well, like a lot of a lot, a lot of them. There's a lot. First off, that's a great thing to have a lot mm-hmm. of women on the roster who are good performers, who are legit superstars. But because of WWE's creative inability, there hasn't been a lot of good pushes with them, and that's unfortunate. But the mm-hmm. fact that fans appreciate a good performance and a good look and a good pr- product in general, and how much they appreciate both Ray Ripley and Bianca Biller, I mean, you said it right. I mean, like they are a fresh kind of injection into the mold to keep that energy going in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would actually argue uh, that, you know, the standout feature of WWE's programming over the last you know, eight to 10 years has been their women's division. And, you know, it, it, it's really, you know, it gives me a lot of optimism to the, for the future to see that they are continuing to build new stars in that division and, and push that division as a centerpiece product. And, you know, they're not content to, you know, let this, you know, current great women's division with the four horse women, like I mentioned, you know, sort of fade away. They want to continue to have that as a centerpiece uh, of their shows, including their biggest show of the year. Um, you know, you got to give huge props to Bianca Belair for delivering as such a, you know, relatively new performer, but also to, you know, Sasha Banks, who looked like, you know, every bit the star that everyone knows that she is, you know. I, I think like Bianca I, Belair is the equivalent of what Seth Rollins was. Someone who five years before they got their main event shot was sitting at, wrestlemania as a fan and then shortly after followed through with the performance center trained up and became a fan favorite due to a good product a good look and just an overall great uh in ring ethic um i really hope that they don't squander it for her sake and for the sake of the whole division Mm -hmm. um, because that has been done many a times um which we'll get into in in the next matchup so that's night one night one Overall, uh, great. I think just perfect. I mean, that ten dollars alone is worth that for that mm-hmm. one night. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, the 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 interests were inter- the interests were interesting as well. Um, the the Miz and Morrison with the Bad Bunny mocking, uh, Bad Bunny himself wild. on a monster truck. Oh my um, gosh! Him riding on his knees on that semi. I thought that was a a pretty funny image. 
correct. <laughs> uh, you can't get any worse than that, though, because now we go on to night two. 